0: of the Prairie's podcast. My name is Andrea Lauder and I'm the communications manager with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Today I have Marlena Borsch from Mercantile Consulting Venture with me. She's going to talk a bit about uh, pulse markets, especially around peas and lentils, and what growers can expect in the coming months. Thanks for joining me this morning, Marlena.
1: Good morning, Andrea. I'm certainly pleased to be here. Um, in fact, we're actually in Maidstone recording this, so it should be a lot of fun.
0: So let's talk about the current state for Canadian Pulse production. Where are Canadian exports sitting so far?
1: I'll start with peas. And um, when we look at bulk pea exports, and there I'm looking at Canadian uh, Grain Commission numbers, we're about 38% ahead of last year's, which is quite phenomenal in my books, because as you recall, we uh, have angsted a lot about the restrictions to India, which are still in place. Um, we also just had the statscan December numbers just yesterday, and um, so to the end of December, um, that includes container exports as well, which have been very good this year, um, which are estimated about 135,000 tons a month. Um, we are um, 36%, I think it is, um, ahead of last year's pace, so roughly a third. Um, So, I have been very optimistic about the P number, um, but we'll talk about some of the problem areas later, I think. Um, lentils also have moved very, very well. We're doing um, about 170,000 tons a year, uh, a month, um, uh, so far, into the end of December. And again, the December exports uh, that came out yesterday were good. Um, uh, So we are maintaining that pace, and that puts us right in line um, with our projections of a little more than 2 million tons for the year, which should continue to help us reduce the stocks that we have been pushing ahead of us over the last two years.
0: Great, thank you. So then how is all of this Canadian pulse production tying in with world production?
1: as you know um, particularly on the p and landle side canadian pulses are um, very very important on the on the traded side and when we have high stocks it tends to determine the world stocks and they tend to be high as well we have been drawing those downs both for peas and lentils over the last um, two years and um, are continuing on this trend. And so automatically uh, general um, stocks are down as well. I should also add that, especially on the pea side, Eastern European um, production and exports have been diminishing somewhat. Um, Wheat values to the grower, um, specifically in the RUK countries, Russia, Ukraine and Kazakhstan have been very good and continue to be good, so that um, cereals are relatively attractive. And um, so I uh, anticipate that in the coming year as well, we won't go back into the very high competition year from that side. Um, India is still a little bit of a question. Um, You know, uh, there were problems with the past harvest. The rabbi crop we still have to see. They have good water levels, moisture levels, which help the crops. I don't think they will be able to catch up on the reduction we experienced during harvest in the last crop. Um, But again, you know, we don't quite know yet. Um, Seeded levels are slightly ahead of last year's. Um, uh, One aspect missing here is Australia. Australia uh, had quite a varied year. It was dry, then they had some rains before harvest. They were hopeful that the yields were actually better than expected. And then, as you know, they also had inclement weather during harvest so that the crop is a bit disappointing. So overall, um, you know, as I said earlier, we are actually diminishing um, ending stocks across the board
0: okay so then with you know all of that in mind what do you think are some of the biggest opportunities that pulse growers should be aware of for the 2020 growing season
1: I think that's the biggest uh, problematic question of them all it's um, uh, as I said I think exports have been very good um, when I look at next year, Um, The one thing that worries me is the trade barrier still in place uh, and that's particularly punishing for peas into um, India. And the alternative lag that we've had on peas is China, and exports into China have been phenomenal. They are in excess of 1.1 million tons to the end of December, so that's very, very good. I had them in my... Uh, forecast um, for 2.1, 2.2 million tons for this uh, entire year, but the last three weeks have really got me worried um, in terms of China maintaining its pace. As I said, year to date is, is phenomenal and it has compensated for the loss in um, uh, in 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 volume to India, um, but the politics are becoming are very strong, and the general market sentiment is not for increasing demand there. We have the phase one agreement between the U.S. and China uh, sitting on the horizon that is problematic. It's actually not a very good agreement for the U.S. because it has some outs in terms of price and, and where they are obligated to source from. Um, But if it is being executed, the high target for volume out of the United States, I I fear it might be detrimental to pea exports on the feed side that we have benefited from uh, for the remainder of the year. So it puts that giant question mark for the biggest taker that we have. For example, year to date, 63% of all peas went to China. If you now reduce their demand, say by half, because of the phase one um, thoughts that I had, Um, ASF is not helping feed demand, and now overlaid with coronavirus, which may affect overall demand a little bit as well. It changes the P balance sheet materially, because I now am thinking about a swing of three to 400,000 tons, which would go straight back into the carryout. So, so far, uh, under normal circumstances, I would have thought we are around 300,000-ton out. If a reduced demand from China, that will balloon to 600 or uh, close to 700,000 tons. Um, so my advice would be if you see good contracts around the $7 level, uh, I would take those. It reduces your price risks materially. And all, even on old crop, if you can mark it around those levels, I would do that now as well. When earlier I would have said I would wait a little bit. On the lentil side, um, I would go steady. Um, because uh, you know, at, at the current demand levels, and depending what happens in India and Australia and so on, I would see us further diminishing um, the carry out. prices should stay around current level and a little bit higher, and that should give us some decent returns um, for lentils. Um, if we increase acres materially, like more than 5% or so, um, and the other uh, origins have normal crops, uh, then I fear we will be diminishing the price again a little bit. So it's nothing super exciting, but it certainly you know, could give us uh, some solid returns.
0: Okay, um, you touched a little bit about the risk in terms of China and peas for Canadian growers. Uh, do you have any other concerns about uh, other markets that pulse growers should be aware of in terms of marketing crop?
1: Um Well, we, we look at some of our other competition, and I mentioned Eastern Europe earlier, and um, uh, we have been fortunate, I guess, in, in North America that production in Eastern Europe, uh, both on lentils peas, um, not so much chickpeas, has, has actually diminished. And what that does is particularly early in the year, and you noticed it on peas, is that the competition into India and all the other Asian destinations was a lot less. When uh, the year before this ongoing one, they would undercut us by 40, 50 dollars a ton regularly into India. Um, That uh, passed very quickly and uh, the exports are down quite a lot. So, again, you know, we don't quite face that competition. So, I would also keep an, an eye on uh, seeded levels of two peas and lentils in Eastern Europe um, um, and, and how the production season progresses. Um, decreased competition obviously helps us keep up the prices a little bit better. So, that's another factor we would observe very, very closely going into next year.
0: Um, We know that there's been ongoing discussions about market access to key pulse um, export markets for Canada. So what should growers be aware of and how should they manage their risk with these markets?
1: In years where you have... Uh, uncontrollable risks, and I would say that market access questions like will India stay um, protectionist is a big question, or will they have a harvest uh, problem again uh, in this new crop, Um, you know, changes in policies, those are very hard to assess. Uh, Same with China, there are a lot of political aspects ingrained in that. And when you face an environment like that, if you see some profitable level, I would set targets and uh, say at um, uh, uh, $6.75 or $7 for piece, I will market another 15-20% each time I reach that step. And stay very disciplined to that um, because it, it cuts down a little bit on the down risk. And you still have some material to market should the market open up a little bit. As I said, when when you have a lot of uncontrollable factor, that's when I would become more structured and disciplined in the market simply to reduce um, these wild price fluctuations.
0: Well, that's everything for the Pulse of the Prairies podcast today. I want to thank Marlena Borsch again for joining us for this uh, discussion. And if you're interested in more information on markets, go to the SPG website at saskpulse.com and under the resources tab, there are market reports there.